Insiders, an ASI media podcast that covers the topics that matter most to the promotional products industry. I'm John Cargan with ASI Media, and today I'm joined by Michelle Chen, Sales Director at FASA Apparel in Fremont, California. Michelle, thanks for joining me. How are you? I am great. Thank you, John. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast today. Well, I'm glad that you accepted uh, the invitation. We have a lot to discuss. Uh, first, I want to get into your origin story here. How did you break into the promotional products industry? Um, that's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> but just a uh, self-introduction here. This is Michelle Chen, owner and director, co-founder of FASA Apparel, based in Silicon Valley Bay Area. Um, and how did we break into the industry? I, I have a story to share, actually, that would best kind of describe how, you know, every little step that we took to, to get to where we are in the industry. Um, every journey begins with a choice. Uh, the choice came very suddenly to me the summer of 2006. I was only 26 year old at that time, working as a kindergarten teacher at a local private school. I've always had a passion for working and working with children. So it was a natural pursuit for me to, to be a teacher after college. Uh, what I was not aware of was our family's declining financial state. Um, I'm a first generation immigrant. So my parents basically gave up their career when they decided to move to the States, allowing my younger brother and I to have a better future. Uh, fast forward many years later, my parents realized that they needed to start um, another career in order to sustain living in the Bay Area. And I was already working at that time. So when my mom, Judy, proposed a business opportunity to me, I knew instantly it was not a matter of choice. It was something I had to do as a family member and as the older child in the family. Um, yeah, so, but it's a huge blessing though, because, you know, she, prior to uh, landing on the idea of creating an apparel company, she tried different things. Both my parents tried different things and just nothing really worked. So it's a huge blessing that my mom, Judy, has such a rich apparel and textile background from her previous career working as an import-export liaison for apparel retailers in the U.S. So she'd be working with brands like Oh, oh God, uh, Liz Claiborne, Calvin Klein, some brands that we're all familiar with. Yeah, so from years of that experience, um, she not only understood clothing and material very well, she was also very knowledgeable with supply chain and uh, factory operation. So with her background and expertise, we felt it makes the most sense to pursue something in the direction that she was, she has some familiarity and she was really um, good at what she does. So so even, you know, lending on the apparel option, it was still a very difficult and vague idea when we, what direction to take after that. Um, and we just knew the bar was so high in creating a retail brand in the consumer market. So we discovered the promotional market through a family friend. And we thought this will be a place that we can bring my mom's years of experience and great sense of fashion to corporate market where we saw little choices in regard to fashion 15 years from now. I mean, 15 years ago. Right. <laughs> so um, as a family, we pour in every last bit we had, including my 401k from teaching days oh, to wow. buy the first batch of inventory from my uncle's factory, who also is in the apparel. Um, he was already working with really many well-known retailers at that time. Um, and uh, I, I discovered this when, 
really, you know, when, uh, when you have nothing to lose, you learn to, you learn quickly to let go of any fear and inhibition. So that was, that was when I realized I had to grow up fast. So I started <laughs> studying the industry, the people in the industry started uh, doing tray shows, just flying all over the country by myself, not knowing the industry or the people and threw myself in the shark tank. But you, you can't learn what you don't know, you know? And uh, I feel like I was a sponge and I was just ready to learn everything and soak everything up. Um, and, but one thing that is, I discovered quickly still stand true to this day is that this industry is full of good people, people that work hard, people that want to help you, people that appreciate you because you share the same, you know, worth ethics. So, so many people wanted to help and it, it truly is a relationship that you build from triumph and mistake repairs that define the kind of company you are. Um, sorry. I talk so much. No, this was this is a fascinating story. I had no idea. Um, <laughs> now I got more questions for you. So, mm -hmm. so was it just assumed automatically that you would kind of take the sales role uh, for the company out of your family? Yes, because when FASA started out, uh, when we started out in two thousand six, it was me, my mom Judy, and my dad Andy. My brother was still in college at the time, and I wasn't okay. married. So. It's my parents, even though she has the apparel background and knowledge, she had no idea about marketing or you know, English is a second language for my parents. So, so many barriers. They couldn't do this without the proper help. So I said, I will be the one to discover this and to learn and to see what it takes to, for us to continue to do this. So, yeah. Well, was, and, was, you, was you already having that yeah, teaching background? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of like a public speaking, what, did that make it easier to jump into sales or was it kind of like a whole new field for you? Um, it was easy, but not easy at the same time. It was easy because I am just this bubbly personality and I love <laughs> human interaction. You know, I just love making friends and be helpful to others. So, um, you know, even though it was transitioning from dealing with kids to adults. And I remember my first local meeting was presenting to five guys in San Jose, uh, a local distributorship. And I was scared. I stuttered so much. I couldn't speak. And uh, the guy said, um, Michelle, it's okay. Take it easy. We're just a bunch of kindergartners. We have no different <laughs> from your regular audience. So people, you know, just people are so kind in this industry. And yeah, so... I, I feel like just in my heart, I, I'm just really happy that we chose to, yeah, to be a part of it. And now looking back 15 years later, we made a good choice. Are your parents still involved in the company? Very much so. Uh, my mom, Judy, she still is the, um, the, um, the connection we have with our factory. And um, we, we actually are in a really dynamic position too, because we partially own our factory overseas. It's my uncle's operation. So there's that family bond and they do a lot of retail business. So they, they do OEM factory direct for retailers and we use the same factory. So in a way it really helps us to, um, to be a stronger team that we don't just import from, you know, your, you go through suppliers change. We don't, we, we stick to our core and even outside of family, our second fabric mill, we've been working with them since day one. So that's 15 years long too. So wow. I think the stability of our supply chain, 
and um, you know things that we can do as a smaller operation, but just we, we can be nimble in some areas that other people may have trouble with. Well, you mentioned the supply chain. We have to talk about it. It's it's the biggest story of the year, um, <laughs> and it doesn't look like it's it's letting up anytime soon. How has that um, affected your company? Um, just how the business has been this year, it's been a roller coaster ride. And we always say this, right? That's what makes our in in industry so fun and exciting and scary at the same time. Not, <laughs> you you don't have those, okay, let me go to my nine to five. I'm never thinking, every day I do the same thing. It's, it's very volatile this year. And um, they're amazing days. And they're honestly some really slow days. And, you know, granted, we always know it's a roller coaster ride, but it's like roller coaster ride on steroid this year. And I think many people can agree. So same with some of the patterns that we see, like same with many suppliers. I feel like we're constantly busy quoting project left and right. And, and, and some of these projects that we've been quoting this year involve huge quantities with little lead time. Um, it's just a lot of these projects we've been quoting doesn't make much sense. So I, I don't know, you know, I can't make sense of it. I, I, I contribute to maybe corporation continue to performing well during the pandemic with now that they don't have to fly people to places, there's a huge reduction in expense. They just need to spend that money, but maybe, you know, many were neither either plan too late or poor planning in the process that makes it hard to execute. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, in terms of business, I think we're about the same as 2019, which if by end of the year, we're about, you know, we, we follow that pattern, I wouldn't be too upset. Um, and I always say that you need to kind of look at what reality is ready to give you. And the reality is, you know, it, it is a mess. So our job is to um, handle what's been given to us, untangle the mess and do the best we can for our customers. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> the the idea that you're about the same as 2019, I feel like I've heard a lot of companies say that, which mm -hmm. to, in my opinion, that's fantastic because look what we just came out of, you know, 2020. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For, for you, I mean, you know, when, when you think about how bad 2020 was or, or maybe, you know, right at the, the start of the pandemic mm -hmm. when, when we didn't know what was going to happen. Do you right. think it's remarkable that you guys were able to to, to rebound this this quickly and, and to have you know such success? Like mm -hmm. um, I don't know. To, to me, it seems like an amazing, miraculous story oh. that everybody's been able to bounce back this quickly. Oh yeah, I mean this industry is just amazing. I mean we last year we we're same with many suppliers made that change quickly to start manufacturing masks, and honestly, we were helping communities and. Um, on the government level, on a commercial level, just about everybody to get PPE supplies, to get these reusable cotton masks when they were not available in the mask right. marketplace. So just how fast we're able to kind of, you know, everyone transition and become a huge supply network to, to everybody. That was just amazing and very blessed. That was, we made the decision to pivot into these pivot, but yes, we start making masks uh, back in April, and um, yeah, that was it was just craziness. But looking back, I'm yeah. glad we did what we did and uh, became a part of the equation. Um, so very blessed, very blessed. Yeah, 
Have you seen mask orders? Uh, I, I know we, we've done a lot of stories on this lately. We just mm-hmm. had the um, our ESP data for September. Mm-hmm. The demand for mask has dropped since August when it was uh, like the top third most searched term in ESP. What about mm-hmm. with uh, your company? Have you seen that kind of drop off as well or are more people still buying masks? Um, for us, it's more of the uh, reorders. Like we, okay. I stopped seeing... Um, people coming from every direction asking for whatever is available. Like that's the situation last year as more of the people that, you know, had our mask from last year, liked it, ordering 2000 pieces, factory direct, more of that scenario. But just from a overall, overall like demand, um, it definitely has tapered down. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, hiring. Another big issue <laughs> facing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, f- just from that, you know, what I guess has that been a challenge uh, for your company this year as well? Um. So we last year, and I remember it was maybe March 14, 15 was the middle of March, right? And it honestly felt like it's longer than a year. It has been longer than a year, but ever since we uh, sent people home, no one ever stopped working. We kept everyone on full time and we applied for PPE and eventually got it. But it was that at one point, what, um, it it was so strange because, um, I felt like as a company, we did the right thing, kept everyone employed, not cutting anyone's hours and apply for, um, government fund. But by the time we got it, we have to, um, people were getting, more money from collecting this and that. And maybe that is still the case and people are just feeling discouraged to come back to work. Um, I know we're not the only one. And luckily in the process, we only lost one staff and that's a blessing. But, you know, just from from having conversation with local screen printers and decorators, um, Blue Frog, they're a huge local decorator staffing is definitely a problem. You will have people come in the morning and after lunch, they just wouldn't come back. You have, you, and you are not in the position to be choosy. The quality of, um, you know, <laughs> workers that may um, come and stay. So that, that seems to be a, definitely a huge challenge. And here in the Bay Area, labor is expensive um, and people do have a lot of choices. So running a traditional line of operation like us and Blue Frock, definitely, I feel like we're pinched a little more than some other folks in other parts of the country. Hopefully, yeah. How many, how many workers do you have right now, would you estimate? Um, in Fremont, about 30 or so. And okay. we actually, this year, we added more bodies in production just because, um, not that we expect huge increase in business, but the complexity of order with dropship and decoration and packaging, um, including a card, or it's just that matrix has cost quite a bit of um, extra. I don't want to say confusion because so far we've been doing a good job fulfilling all these different type of requests, but you definitely need more help to, yeah. to keep up with not making mistakes. <laughs> What, um, what, what do you, you know, 2021, you guys rebounded, um, you're, you're navigating all these different challenges. The brand, I saw you at uh, ASI Chicago. How, how was that, first of all, to be back at a, at a big time oh. show? 
It was so awesome. It was so great. And I think just people before getting there, you just didn't know what to expect because everyone's been just, you know, not together. And once you're there together and you see people that you miss and customers, that synergy, like it's just, and you realize that's what we all miss and crave as human beings, that interaction. So it was phenomenal. Like it was well-planned, well-executed. A lot of people both on, I feel like maybe not as many suppliers, but a lot of customers came. So that was, that was a really busy and productive show for us. I'm glad we made the decision to go. That's what we like to hear. That's what we're we're talking about. (laughs) Uh, As we get ready to wrap up here, what do we have on the horizon for Fossa in terms of new styles, new products? What, what would you like to uh, promote and let the world know that uh, you guys have coming out soon? Um, so our customers know FASA as a premium outerwear company. It is true that we have a lot of jacket choices and we are making a huge step into a kind of a different arena. So this year we published our first polo shirt um, and it's a price aggressive, high quality performance polo shirt. And speaking of which I'm, Absolutely need to send you one, John. Um, <laughs> along with some other eco-friendly outerwear product, we have this okay. teddy bear fleece that's just on fire in retail. So uh, we're we're always um, looking to see what retailers are doing, what trends are, you know, in the consumer market, and try to um, bring that over or just you know. FAS is known for having retail inspired styles. So we we continue to do that. And we also have a reversible vest, those okay. Peter Millar premium golf brands, uh, seekers out there, we have this great product. So yeah, lots to be excited about. And uh, and they're all, they're about just to be on stock by in another two weeks. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Mm-hmm. Is there Absolutely. anything uh, anything else you, you wanna add as we uh, wrap up here? Um, I guess it's just transit is another big hot topic. People talk about, you know, port delay and vessel container buildup right outside the Long Beach port. And I just kind of want to make a point to say that we are aware of the challenges and it's absolutely real. Um, But as a company, we kind of make the choice to go away from the traditional vessel transportation to because there's just no foreseeable future any relief on the congestion. So um, especially going to fourth quarter where we know is just going to be more incoming. So we work with our overseas freight forwarder to develop alternative transportation plan and by bringing in merchandise via what we call fast boat. And this is a faster, more reliable um, option at a premium cost. Uh, we have found that this through this premium route, we have more protection against port delays and better control over timing delivery. It's, it's expensive, but we are having stuff to present to the market, which is kind of what we have to do. Bottom line, have merchandise. <laughs> Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. so this is, I mean, this is the first time that uh, your company's trying this with the fast boat? Fastbo, we discovered this um, last year, and a lot, actually, we um, for mask it was all through air delivery. Everything we had to fly everything in commercial flight, very expensive. But apparently, you just can't do that. So, what is the next best option? That is, you know, you can't have 
containers sit in the water three months at a time. And, and but yeah, I'm hearing these stories from other suppliers, which is just insane, right? Like you're yeah. not getting your merchandise until March next year. So the the worst delay we've ever experienced by FASPO was about three weeks up to this oh, time. Wow. The future's on now, so we don't know, but right. I, I am confident and comfortable to say that three weeks delay, that's the most we've ever experienced. And that is not that bad. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. I think you're going to get a lot of orders based off of this. I mean, this is huge. Wow. But yeah, just inventory. It's, we're proud. I'm proud that uh, to say that we're sitting in a really strong inventory position on major key styles. So, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> well, I wish you uh, and your family and the, and the rest of the company the best of luck. Thank uh, you. Uh, such you know, an honor. I, I, Thank you, John. I think it's an inspiring story, uh, you know, how the company began, and it's even more inspiring how you're able to endure everything that's going on and still <laughs> try and deliver for your customers. I mean, that is the goal of the game here. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, congrats on all your success, and I wish you the best of luck heading into Q4 and 2022. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Such an honor. I appreciate this very much.